The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a human's husband's will, but born of God. Good morning. As Mark said, my name is Aiden, and I am the youth director here. Um, I just want to say briefly, uh, we just got back yesterday um, from our high school retreat, my wife and I, uh, my wife Cassie and I, and we love getting to know your students. We love getting to spend time with them. This past weekend was just a really good time. We went up to Ridge Haven with three other churches in our presbytery, and it was just really a blessing to my heart. Um, it was also a tiring time, so if your students showed up and crashed on the couch, um, you're welcome. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. Um, if you're new to our church, we've been reading through the Bible together. In, Jan- in January, we started in Genesis, and we have been reading through a chronological reading Um, If you want to jump in with us in that, you can. uh, there's some sheets in the foyer. Um, But we are here. We have finally made it after nine long months of Old Testament to the New Testament. We are jumping into the gospel. Jesus is here. Um, And I'm really looking forward to what the Word is going to say to to us today. Um, This morning, we're going to specifically be looking at John's gospel, as was read. And we're looking at a section of the prologue to John's gospel. John begins his book by laying out the foundation of what he's going to unfold through the next several chapters, Um, but we're zooming in on one central theme, and that is light and darkness. Before we begin dissecting and looking at the text, let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, God. Thank you for another day that we get to live in your creation. Thank you for another day where we get to come to this building with other believers, and we get to worship you. Lord, thank you for the sacrifice of your son, that he came into the darkness so that we would have the light. Lord, I pray for all of us believers here today. God, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, that you would not just give us more knowledge, that you would not give us a list of things to go and do, Lord, but that you would change our hearts from the inside out. And Lord, for for those who don't know you today, I pray that today would be the day that they would see you and see your son and see what he did for them, Lord, and that they would turn to you and run to you. God, I pray that you would speak through me today as a humble, an imperfect, a broken sinner. Lord, I pray that you would forgive me for my many sins. God, that I pray that my words would be your words. Lord, if there is anything I say today that is not from your word, I pray that it would fall away like chaff in the wind. Lord, so that we can be sanctified to you, and Lord, that you can be glorified. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Have you ever thought about what the world would be like if there was no light? That's kind of a silly question because the answer is a little obvious. The, The world would be dark. It would be hard to see. Um, 
But light is something so simple, yet very complicated, and we take it for granted. Light not only allows us to see, but the reflection of light brings color to our eyes, it brings beauty. Light protects us. When a lighthouse shines on a rocky shore, the, the boats that are approaching knows that there is danger ahead. When you see headlights or, stop, or brake lights, you know that cars are coming. Um, I travel back and forth to Charlotte twice a week for seminary, and I can tell you on Tuesday nights, when I'm going down I-85 steadily and smoothly and I see a bunch of brake lights ahead, I know that I'm in a heap of trouble because there's construction on 85 and I have to stop. And, but the lights warn me of that so that I don't go 50 miles per hour into another car. Lights also protect us from danger. When you're in a dark space, light, the first thing you do when you hear a, a noise you don't know is turn on the light. I've been in this church a few times. I live right at this house right here, and I've had to come up at night and grab something from my office. And this church is a creepy place in the nighttime, especially when you're here by yourself. But the first thing I do when I walk in is I turn on the light, and immediately it's not so scary anymore. Well, in the same way today, you may feel like you're living in a world of darkness. Maybe you've turned on the news and you've seen war and death and fear, and you don't see any light. Maybe there's something a little closer to home where, where you're struggling with a sickness or you have a, a loved one who's struggling with a sickness and you're feeling like your world is going dark. Maybe you're stuck in a financial situation. Maybe you're having a relational issue with a family member or a friend and you just don't know how to see the light. Well, in our text today, John is going to show us how Jesus is our light and he's going to show us Two specific things. He's going to show us to recognize the light. He's going to define what the light is, to know the light. And then he's going to give us two responses to the light. So first, we are to recognize the true light. Look at verses 9 and 10. John says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming to the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. So the true light enlightens. The true light shines. And for those of us who have been in the church for a while, it's pretty obvious he's talking about Jesus here. The true light is Jesus. But I want you to back up with me for, for just a minute. John here in the first century is writing to Jews who don't know Jesus. And I want us to consider how they would have received this word. You see, we got to back up just a little bit. Look at verse 1 and verse 4 of the first chapter of John. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he said this word, in him was life, in the word was life, and the life was the light of men. So this true light was the word, which brings life. And now the Jewish uh, readers of this text back in those days would have, sirens would have been going off in their heads. They would have immediately looked to Genesis chapter one in the Old Testament and seen that uh, Genesis begins the same way John begins, in the beginning. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 3, it said that God said, God used words to create. He said, let there be light. And then in chapter 2 of Genesis, Genesis says that God breathed life into man. So John is very specifically connecting Jesus 
to God. Jesus to the, to the Old Testament God, the creator, the Lord, who brought life, who brought light. And we take that for granted today. We don't think about that enough today, but it's a huge deal. Jesus was not just a man, he was God, and he shined light into the world. And I want us to see in John's text one, one more aspect about the light, and that is in verse 5, John says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, Jesus is not only the creator, he does not only bring life, but his light shines in the darkness. One commentator, Craig Keener, compares Jesus' light to the light of the Torah or the law of the Old Testament, the first five books. And for the Israelites, the Torah, the law, it shined light on how they were to live, how they were to live in a right relationship with God. And just as, as Jesus came into the world and shined light on the whole world, the Torah shined light on the whole nation of Israel. And they were able to then either reject it or receive it. Well, Jesus is different from the Torah, different from the law, in that instead of giving us a list of things to follow, a list of rules to follow, he followed them for us, and he suffered for us, and he paid our penalty for us so that we can live in a joyful and right relationship with the Lord. You see, John is pointing here to the true light. He is helping us to recognize the true light of Jesus, that he shines in our lives so that we are able to overcome the darkness and live in him. But after recognizing the true light, we're going to spend a little more time here on the two responses. First, we recognize the true light, and then John gives us two responses to the true light. The first response is negative. The second is positive. The first response is to reject the true light. Look with me at verses 10 and 11. It says, he, that is the true light, came into the world, and yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. When Jesus came into the world, he came to his own people. He came to the Jews. He came to Israel. And as we've seen through these last nine months, they were told about Jesus' coming. There was prophecy after prophecy of Jesus coming into the world. They knew that the Messiah was coming. And yet when he came to them, they did not receive him. They did not know him. They rejected him. One commentator takes this, this phrase, this double um, parallel phrase of not knowing and not receiving to mean that Jesus came into the world, being the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, the whole world, and they did not know him. They didn't know he was, he was coming. They didn't know who he was. But then he came to his own people, the people who should have known him the people who, who should have received him, and they rejected him. Either way, God's people created, or God created his people. He breathed life into his people, and they rejected him. Now, if you're like me, you're a Christian here, you may be thinking, well, I didn't reject Jesus. I'm a believer. I received him. He, he, has, he has already breathed life into my life. I'm already spiritually reborn. I'm already in the light. And in an eternal sense, you would be right. We are going to live in the light with him one day. But in, in a daily walking with the Lord, we are just like the Israelites. And far too often we reject Jesus. 
Now, if you're here today and you're not a believer, you would say that you haven't received Jesus. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I would encourage you to to keep listening. Keep listening as to what it means to receive Jesus. What it means to not reject the light. In the United States court case in 1833, it was the United States versus Wilson. And George Wilson, the defendant, was convicted of robbing the U.S. mail in Pennsylvania, and he was given the death penalty. Fortunately for him, Wilson had some friends in high places, and he was pardoned. He was given a pardon, a a literal get-out-of-jail-free card. But for reasons unknown, Wilson rejected it. So the court was a little confused because he was offered a pardon, but he rejected it, so it had to be taken all the way up to the Supreme Court to rule on the case. And in, that, in their decision, they defined a pardon and ruled on the case. They said, a pardon is a deed to the validity of which delivery is essential. And delivery is not complete without acceptance. It may be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered, and if it is rejected, we have discovered no power in this court to force it upon him. So Wilson was hanged. Now, there are many possible reasons why Wilson would have rejected the pardon. Could have been guilt over what he had done. Could have been pride. It could have been uh, hatred for those who, who pardoned him. But whatever the case, he was offered a free gift, a free pardon, and he rejected it. Now, if you're here today and you are a believer and you have received Jesus' pardon, received his light, live like it. Live free from your sin. Live free in your pardon. Because far too often, even though we are pardoned, even though we are given the light, we still live like we're prisoners. We still live like we are awaiting a death sentence. For example... When have you looked at someone who is not your spouse in a lustful way? In that moment, you were rejecting Jesus. You were rejecting the light, and you were choosing to live in the darkness, live as a prisoner to your sin. When have you been envious of what those around you have? In that moment, you were rejecting Jesus as the provider for your needs, and you were rejecting the light. You were not receiving him. When have you been anxious over our current political climate and saw a certain political candidate as the the savior of our nation? Well, in that moment, you may have been seeking someone other than Jesus as your savior. You may have been choosing darkness over the light. When have you idolized your work or your comfort or even your spouse over Jesus? In that moment, you were rejecting him. And we all do this every day. We all need to be reminded that we need the light. That receiving the light in an eternal sense is putting our trust in him. But we also need to continually receive Jesus' light every single day. Turn to him and flee from the darkness. So the first response to the true light is to reject him. But John doesn't stop there. He gives us another response. He says in verse 12, to all who received him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Their second response to recognizing the true light is to receive him, to believe in his name. Now, what does that mean? Well, in those days, a name would have been uh, classified as a, as a, a person's identity, the, the very core of who they were. And to believe in a name, to believe in Jesus' name, is not just to know some facts about him and, and to believe even that they're true, but it's to put your full trust in him, to have faith in him. To receive his name as, is to believe and to trust, as 1 Corinthians says, that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that on the third day that he, he rose again from the dead. It is trusting, as Hebrews says, that Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and that he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting on him. So receiving or believing in Jesus, believing in his name, that is John's mission in his entire book. In chapter 20, John says that he wrote his book so that you may believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that by, that by believing, you may have life in his name. You see, this, this point of this passage and John's entire book is to, to receive the light, to step out of the darkness, to live in the light, to live a life as a ch child of God. So what does that mean? Well, John keeps going. He says that to those who did receive him, he gave it is a free gift. It's given to us. It's a grace. The right or the authority, the new status, new person as a child of God, born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So as I said, John's theme is light and darkness in his book. And he compares darkness with this will of man, will of the flesh, will of blood. It's everything in this world that is evil, that is sinful, that is contrary to God. And so when you receive Jesus, you are reborn spiritually, not of darkness, but of light, but of God. The wonderful news of the gospel, of John's gospel, is that there is a true light, Jesus Christ, who humbled himself for you and for me by becoming a man, by coming to earth, dying on a cross, paying for our darkness, and showing us the light so that we can live in it. When we receive him by fully trusting in him, he freely gives us a new status as a child of God. We are part of a heavenly family. We have a new identity in the light. And one day we will get to live in that light forever. But now in this present time, we are able to also live in the light. Imagine for a moment that a reigning monarch, a king, has a child. Now, when that child is first born, when he is an infant, there is nothing special about him compared to any other child. You have to change his diapers, he fusses, he whines, you have to feed him. There's nothing different about him compared to the rest of, of the children in the world. But through patient training, 
through exposure to kingly ways, through role models and mentors, eventually there is a person who exhibits kingly attributes. Well, in the same way, when you receive Jesus, you become a child of the king. In the same way, although it takes time, it takes patience, it takes running to Jesus, we have to become what we are. We have to quit rejecting Jesus and going back to the darkness as a prisoner. We need to live as though we are pardoned and live in the light. So what does that mean? How can we do that? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 5, that we are the light of the world, that we are to shine in the world and we are not to cover our light. We should not hide our lights, by sh- but shine in the darkness by pointing others to Jesus. Could you today, this week, could you show someone that you disagree with, that maybe isn't a believer, that maybe is a different political party than you? Could you show them love? Could you love them like Jesus loved you? And could you point them to Jesus, point them to the true light? Could you show love to someone who's still walking in sin and hasn't found the light and point them to Jesus? In the dark situations that you are facing right now, run to Jesus. Look for his light. Could this church make an impact in our community and reflect Jesus's light in the darkness by how we speak and how we act and how we live. Unfortunately, while we are in this world, darkness is still around us. We still have darkness in us. We still act as though we are not pardoned. We still act as prisoners and slaves of sin but we know that Jesus's light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. When he came to this earth and when he he died for us, he did not let darkness overcome him, but he rose again three days later and he defeated the darkness. By his sacrifice and humility, Jesus, the true light has paid the cost for our sins. We can admit that we are not the light, but we reflect or point to the true light. Instead of trying to face our issues head on on our own, trying to wade around in the dark, turn on the light, run to Jesus, seek him. When we run to Jesus, when we have a problem pleading for his help because he came to the darkness and had joy for us, we are able to live as his children. And one day, one day we will no longer be living in darkness because John and in, in, in Revelation says, talking about the new Jerusalem, the new creation, that the city will have no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb, is Jesus. So Jesus is our true light and in a world of sin and darkness, he shines and gives us grace. He gives us a pardon. He freely gives those who receive him the authority, the status to become his child and to live as such. So I ask you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, 
Will you receive him? Will you trust in the work that he did for you? Will you trust in him and follow the light, leaving the darkness behind? And I ask you, Christian, will you live in your status? Will you live as a child of God? Not seeking to do a bunch of things to earn your way to salvation, not seeking to uh, make your light, your glory, yourself greater because we don't have any glory on our own. But constantly, every single day, running to Jesus, running to his light because he created you, he breathed life into you, he loves you, and he came to this earth for you. Receive him daily. Let me pray for us.